Okay, good evening, Rabbi Say. Tonight's shir is sponsored by the Rosenfeld family as a schus, Le'ili Nishmas, their grandmother, Fege Bas, Yaakov Mordechai. The schus, our learning in the Shema, should have an aliyah. So, so our learning should also be a schus for Shlema, for Anachal, Fege, Seif, Shar, Chelei, Yisrael. So, we're in the middle of the story of the second rebellion that followed immediately on the heels of Avshalom's rebellion, the rebellion of Sheva ben Bichri. And we saw that David realizes that this has tremendous potential to lead to a civil war, unlike the first rebellion, which is still from the family of David HaMelech. This is a rebellion that was, that was incited by Sheva ben Bichri, who's from Sheva ben Yaman, somebody who had the potential to caused Klai to turn against itself, which is extremely dangerous. And he decided he has to crush this rebellion immediately. <coughs> and he sends Amosa, his nephew, who had previously been Avshalom's general, and David had promised him, you join me, I'll give you the position of general over Yoyev, who he was not very happy with, because Yoyev had killed Avshalom, the son. So he sends Amosa to go out gather an army, and be back in three days. Amosa doesn't make it back in time. The Pasuk doesn't tell us why. Chazal tell us he got there. This is the first day of the Zman. They're starting the Sugya and the Yeshiva, and he was waiting. He didn't want to interrupt the learning. Whatever exactly the reason is, Amosa arrives late. He's not there. David Amel is starting to get nervous. We don't have the army. Who knows what Shevin Bichri is going to do? He's going to get entrenched. He'll raise enough of an army that it's going to turn into a civil war. We have to act immediately. So he still is not willing to turn to Yoyev. He's not happy with Yoyev. So instead, what does he do? He turns to Yoyev's brother. So he tells the he tells Avishai, Avishai ben Tzriya, that's Yoyev's brother. He tells him also his nephew that <laughs> this is very dangerous. Go take. Whatever soldiers we have local, the Gibayrim, and go chase after Shevin ben Bichri. Now, Avishai sets out, but his brother Yoyev comes along, and his brother Yoyev is still wearing his general's uniform. He has not yet reconciled himself to losing his position. So Yoyev goes, Avishai goes, they have all of the Gibayrim of David that are basically the standing army, those that are always with David and the Crazy and the Placey, which are the archers, slingers, or very chash of a people, Sanhedrin, Chagi Bayram, and they head out of Yishalayim to chase after Shevin ben Bichri. And as luck would have it, they, HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranged it, they bump in to Amasa. Amasa is finally returning with his army, and the Pasik tells us, so we'll start again with Pasik Ches, you know, I think we saw Ches and Tes, but we'll start again from Pasik Ches, they meet, they come to the large stone, large rock, this was some sort of a, of a landmark. The Amasa Amasa was coming with his men. The Yoyav, now the Pasik describes what Yoyav was wearing. The Yoyav Chagur Midai Levushai. So first of all, Yoyav was wearing Midai Levushai, his battle clothing, what else would he be wearing? But Mepharshim say this refers to a special item of clothing that was, Malbim says, Ha'yilasat tzavol vush miyusin, shabayikiru kulam kihu barosh 
generals, right? This is a very old thing. The general has to wear special clothing. Everyone should right away realize who's the general. It makes sense. If someone's going to be giving commands, you have to know who's who. So Yoyev was still wearing his begotten of the general. Malbim says he hadn't yet been removed from his position. So he was wearing his special baguette. Why is the Pasuk tell us this here? So we'll see in a second. This is very much something that's weighing in Yoyev's mind, his imminent dismissal from his post. Or at least, according to Samafarshim, having Amasa take part of the role away from him. He has his sword that is on its, in its scabbard on his waist, but it's put on in an unusual fashion. She says, The sword was, instead of hanging downwards, it was across his waist. Not in the normal fashion of a sword that hangs down. And the reason is, Yoyev wanted that his sword should be in a position, right? If it's, imagine if your sword is across, sideways across your waist, if you sort of lean the wrong way, the sword's going to fall out. And that was Yoyev's plan. Yoyev wants that he should have access to his sword without being seen to pull his sword. So, his and suddenly, surprise, he sees Amasa, and Yoyev happens to turn the wrong way, and his sword falls out seeming on its own, and he bends down to pick up the sword. We'll see from the Pasuk, he picks down, bends down with his left hand to pick up the sword, and this is something that uh, causes Amasa not to be suspicious at all. Yoyev's not holding his sword in the fashion of a warrior. He's holding a sword in his left hand. Come on, that's just, he picked it up off the ground. Now the Rabag says, and the Te'elis is over here, right? The Rabag has his list of all the things that we can learn out from the Navi, because Navi's not a storybook. He says the Te'elis of the story, one of the Te'elis of the story is to realize that you should not let your guard down. When there's a person that has something out to get you, don't let your guard down. It says, I must have made a big mistake. He should have realized Yoyev's not going to be happy about the fact that He's taking over his position, and he should have been on guard. You know, sometimes, I was just speaking to someone today, it was a question of speaking to someone who has lost a certain position, not going into details, but, you know, even if a person seemingly is very okay with something, you have to remember that, you know, there's sar, there's pain, you have to be very careful. So, he greets him with a big hearty shalom aleichem, he grabs with his right hand, he grabs Amos's beard, he pulls him close to give him a big kiss. It's his cousin after all, right? Amosa is not even, he, he thinks Yoyov is truly greeting him with warm welcome. And he's not even paying attention to the fact that in his left hand he's holding a sword. You know, he's a warrior fights with his right hand. But Yoyev, Shenemel was paying attention to that sword. Yoyev takes the sword and he stabs, uh, he stabs Amosa right over the fifth rib, most deadly spot. And his innards spill to the ground. Yoyev doesn't have to stab him a second time. And he dies on the spot. Now Yoyev, a surprising act, 
They don't even stop to bury Amos. They don't stop. They, don't, they, they just totally leave him there as roadkill. And they keep going, running after Shev ben Bechri. Now, we have to address what happened. Yoyev is, we know Yoyev is not a, a Stama Russia murderer. We understand, obviously, that he's upset that he is being removed from his post as general. But he has to have some sort of cover, some sort of story. This time he's just, you know, a murderous, you know, this is not uh, Macbeth. This is somebody who, who obviously has some sort of rationale and justification for what he's doing. So the Mepharshim say, Chazal say, that he had a very good claim. He says that Amos is a Mary B'Malchus. David Amos said, be here in three days, and he's not here. Now, why is it Yoyev's job to kill him? Okay, so take him to Sanhedrin and kill him. So Yoyev assumed or at least Yoyev's story was that, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a rebellion. In the midst of a rebellion, you were just the leader of a different rebellion. You're the general of a different rebellion. You're already not listening to the king. You're showing the king's orders don't mean anything. You're taking away, and I'm on my way to fight against the rebellion. So this is part of my military detail. I'm putting down any sign of rebellion against David. You showed rebellion against David. I have a right to kill you in the battle, just like I can go and kill Sheva ben Bichri. So Yoyev claimed that what he's doing was push it to defend David's honor. Now, the truth was that it was because of his jealousy, but this was his story. Could be he himself believed his own story, but I'll call upon him, this was, this was his story, that he's doing it, he has a right to do it, because Amos was a married Malchus by not showing up on time. Was Amos trying to with army, or he didn't listen to call? But... No, he did. He showed up when he showed up. He came along with men, but he but he didn't quite make it there in time because he made discussion about the Talmud Torah. At least that's the way, you know, Chazal say we don't have in the, the Pesuk Pesuk doesn't say why he came late. So you uh, killed him in front of him and all his people. Oh, so what's so, so the, the, the Pesuk? That Pesuk does tell us. So I didn't realize your question. So the Pesuk tells us, V'ish omadolov mina'ari yoyev. Now, this is like, imagine, you know, an army's running and one of the top generals stabs another one, he's lying there bleeding out on the floor, and everyone's just like walking by, you'd imagine that that's going to cause some level of commotion. So one of Yoyev's men stood over Amasa, he says, don't pay any attention to what you see here on the floor, ignore it, anybody who follows Yoyev, and if you follow Yoyev, that's because you're a follower of David, so if you're loyal to David, basically, he's saying, and then you're going to be loyal to David's general Yoyev, Keep chasing after Shevim Abichri, following you. Don't pay any attention to what's going on over here. Now, you know, that's, that's quite a statement that there's, hey, you know, there's, there's the generals lying dead on the floor. Don't pay any attention to what you see. So <clears throat> the prophet continues and says that that didn't really work. Amos is sitting there literally rolling around in his own blood bleeding out in the middle of the path. And Vayar Ha'ish ki omad om. This fellow who's standing there to try to get everyone to keep going sees that's not working. Right? They're, they're all just frozen in place. So Vayasev es Amosam and Hamasila. So he picks Amosa all up, moves him off of the path. Vayishachal of Beged, he covers him over with a cloth. And he sees that everybody who's coming by would stop to watch, so he has to cover over the scene, cover over the body. Kiday that they'll, they'll, they'll keep up with the chase. He doesn't want everyone to be frozen in place. 
Kasher hoigem and amasila, and now once he's moved off of the path of our tall ish achriyos. Now the army continues; they follow after Yehov. They no longer have this grisly sight in front of them. Lirdeif achri shevem ben bichri to continue to chase after shevem ben bichri. So we have this unusual story that David puts Amasa to death. I mean, not Doiv Chasasholm Yehov kills Amasa, but now the army continues. Now what's going to be the result of this for Yehov? So we learned that two weeks ago in Haftar Vayechi, David does not do anything now, but on his deathbed he says that Yoiv is Chayev Misa because of two people that he killed. He killed Avner Bener, that we know when Avner, who had previously been the general Shaul, was willing to make up with David. And then again, he now kills Amasa, and the Pasuk says that, he, since he, that, that, he, that David tells Shloima that I want you to kill Yoiv because he killed two Two generals of Kali Yisrael who were not Chayv Misa, Amasa and Avner. Now the Pasik moves on to tell us the story of the chase. So what happened? So the next Pasik, there's a big machloik is how to read the next Pasik. The Pasik says, Vayavar b'chol shifte Yisrael, he passed throughout all the Shvotim of Kali Yisrael. Avela ubeis ma'acha, through the cities of Avel and Beis Ma'acha, Vichol Habeirim, and all the Beirim, Vayikahalu, and they all gathered together, Vayavoyu af achrav, and they came after him. Who is this person that we're talking about? So Rashi learns that we're going, we switched gears. We were talking about Yoyev, and now the story mixes, switches back to tell us what was going on with Bechri. Now it's saying, Sheva ben Bechri had passed throughout all of the Shifte Yisrael to try to rile everyone up to rebel against David, including Avela Ubeis Macha. He ends up in the city of Avel. That is the city. Avela is the city where he ends up, the walled city. We're soon going to see what happens. But Avel Beis Hamacha, it's actually two cities that were combined. Some say that it was originally two cities, and they grew to join to one city, like, say, Clifton. But I'll call upon him, he passes through all these cities. The Cholhabeirim, these were the surrounding areas, they joined. Ve'ikalu, they all gathered together. Ve'evoyu af'achav, and all these people came after Shevim and Bechri. So this is one way of taiching the Pasuk, is that this Pasuk is exclusively referring to Shev ben Bechri, and it's telling about what success he had in gathering a group of people after him. The Radak splits the Pasuk in an unusual manner. He says that Vayavr Shev ben Bechri, that he tackled Shev ben Bechri that was running when he heard the Dove was sending an army after him, so he went up throughout all of Shifti Yisrael trying to recruit an army on his side. Uba Be'irli Molitba, and he came to the city of Avela. So the Yavah b'chol shifti Yisrael Avela till Avela, period. So Adaklans till there the pasuk is telling us about Shiver, about Shev Mabichri. Then the net, the continuation of the pasuk. I'm sorry, Avela ubeis macha because the pasuk is going to tell us in a minute that it was called Avel Avel beis macha. But then v'chol habeirim, these were the places that were that were close by. That he went through all these places. But Vaikhalu, he says, is already is going on Yoyov. Vaivoyu Achachov is that Yoyov was able to gather a large army along the way. He kept gathering people who were loyal to David to go and fight. And Vaivoyu Achachov, they all came after Yoyov to fight against Shev Bembech. The 
Abarbanel learns the Pasik that the whole Pasik is talking about Yoyev. Ve'yavr b'chol shifte Yisrael, he went through kol shifte Yisrael, chasing after Shevim and Bichri, till he reached the city of Evel, and Beis Machan, Kol Abeirim, these are all people that gathered together to fight against Shevim and Bichri. So we have different approaches, but either way, we have the general picture is that there, you know, we have this chase, we have Shevim and Bichri headed up north, and we have Yoyev headed after him, and eventually Yoyev reaches the city of Evel Beis Macha, where Shevim and Bichri is entrenched within the city, Yoyev's outside with his army. Ah. So the Pasik tells us, They arrived, the people with Yoyev, and they besieged the city of Evel Beis Hamacha. They made a siege ramp, right? That was one of the ways that you attacked a walled city, is you made a ramp that you can go up and go up and over the wall and attack the city. And they, so what is this v'tamid b'chel? So the Mepharshim explained, Rashi brings that there were two walls. They had a, a double wall, and they managed to get up over the first wall. Now they started attacking the second wall. They tried to knock down the second inner wall to attack the city. So the city seems to be at the verge of destruction. Yehud is going to conquer the city, wipe out everyone, including the leader of the rebellion, Shev Ben Bechri. And now we have, unusually for Tanakh, we have a lady who steps forward to save the city. An Isha Chachama now approaches Yehud from the city. Now, who is this Isha Chachama? So we'll see soon that Rashi brings that this Isha Chachama is no one, none other than Rashi says, It's the Serech Basasha. She had a very, very long life, and she is the one now who comes forward to rescue the city of Abel Beit Macha. However, if you don't want to go with this Chazal, which is interesting, the Radak. <coughs> Now, in the in Sefer Yeshua, when it lists people who came into Eretz Yisrael, it tells us that one of the people in the listed, or maybe maybe it's the very Yavim, so I don't remember which one, but listed in Tanakh, one of the people who enters Eretz Yisrael is Serech Basasher. So right there we see from the Psukim Kipshuta, unless you say it's a different Serech Basasher, that Serech Basasher had an extraordinary long life. So the Radak says, but to say she lived another few hundred years, all the way to this point, that's already too much. The, 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 the Barbanel says, if you're willing to accept that she lived from Yaakov Avinu's times till coming to Eretz Yisrael, we, we, we can stretch, it's already a few hundred years, we, we could stretch it another few hundred years that she lived till this point, or maybe it was a different Isha Chachama. Now, it's interesting why an Isha would be the one who'd try to approach Yoyev to save the day. So if it's Serech Basasha, we understand. You know, if you have a city, you have a granddaughter of Yaakov Avinu living in the city, she was probably the most prominent, you know, person in the whole city. We understand that she'd be the one to step forward. But if it was Stam and Isha Chachama, so she's a wise lady. But in addition to that, there's an Akuda that Barbanel says that you could imagine that how do you approach the, the, the wall of the city to talk to Yoyev? Right? They're going to suspect it's a trap, it's a soldier, you might get killed on spot. Okay, you could go with a white flag. But if you send the lady, no one's, the lady's not fighting. So it was a, it was a safe way to approach Yoyev and to talk to Yoyev as you send the lady to the front. So that tikri isha chacham in ear, shimu shemo imrunal Yoyev. She calls out, listen, hear me, call Yoyev, tell Yoyev, 
Come here, send you, tell you if to come here, I need to talk to Yoyev. Okay? So, Vayikravela, Yoyev comes to talk to her. And Vatayimer, Isha, Ata Yoyev, are you Yoyev? Vayimer, Ani, right? Don't forget, there's no newspapers, no pictures. They don't know what Yoyev looks like. So, he says, yeah, that's me. Vatayimer, Loi, she says, listen to your maidservant. He says, I'm listening. So what does she tell him? She tells him, Very, very difficult Pasuk to, to translate. So Rashi explains that she's saying, she said, you should have started off, that's what you do? You come to attack a Jewish city, and the first thing, just right away, start attacking, no questions asked? You got to call out, you have to first, give some sort of option to surrender. Did you ask the Shalom of the city of Evil? They would have made, a, made peace with you immediately. What type of business is this? You don't just come and start attacking a city. In fact, Chazal says, she came with a major time. She says, the Torah says, that you don't just start fighting with the city. You have to first... Give them an option to surrender. Even, even the Shev Umay say gave them an option to surrender, to leave Eretzor, whatever the option was. You don't just attack. Anoichi, Shlume Amune Yisrael, very famous words, Shlume Amune Yisrael, you find this very much borrowed and used throughout you know, literature of, 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 of rabbinic literature, as it's called. But Shlume Amune Yisrael, we're the Shlume, we're, we're, we're people who Pashup Shadis were from those that are. Honest, loyal citizens of David Amelach, right? Ani mibnei ha'ir sheshleim v'nemanim liyisrael v'lamelach. That's how Rashi teaches it. And therefore, atam avakish lahamis ir ve'im biyisrael. You want to wipe out a city? I got another word that's used all over the place. We call a city. It's a ir ve'im biyisrael. That's where it comes from. You want to wipe out an ir ve'im biyisrael? Loma tevala nachlas Hashem. Why are you going to destroy a Kodesh Baruch Hu's nachla, Kodesh Baruch Hu's inheritance? What type of business is this? You just come and destroy a Jewish city without any words, without any negotiations? So it's a very good tactic. She, she, she gets Yoyev on the defensive. Vayan Yoyev Ayoymer. And Yoyev answers and says, No, Chalila, Chalilali. Chasashom. Im Avla. Vim Ashkes. I'm not here to destroy the city. That's not my goal. I'm here to destroy the city. There's one fellow here that we're after, Shevin ben Bechri. He's trying to make a rebellion against the king ben David. You hand him over, and I'll leave. No problem, we'll send you his head over the wall. The lady comes to the people with her chachma. They chop off Shevim Bechri's head. They throw it over the wall to Yoyev. Yoyev blows the shoifer. 
and everyone scatters, leaves the city, the war is over, the rebellion's over, and Yoyev goes back to the king. So what happened over here? How, how did this negotiation go down? So, we see the Pasuk says that she came with tremendous chachma. What was her chachma? So Rashi says, and he brings the Tesefta, which we're going to talk about more in a minute, but Rashi says, the Tesefta says, Listen, we're all going to be killed. He's going to get killed, we're going to get killed, might as well just hand over Shev and Bechri, so only he'll get killed. Yishev and Bechri had a way out, so we have no right to save our lives with his life. If, if, you know, if he had protection and we didn't, okay. But we can't be nefesh. we can't decide to kill one person to save others. But over here, he's going to kill the whole city, so might as well just hand over Shev and Bechri, and Mamela will be saved. Reb Shimon says, no, she added something. She said, the Shem anyway, let's kill him. So, Chazal is saying, Tosef is saying, her Chachma was, and she explained how lachically they're entitled to kill, hand over Shev Bechri to save their own lives. Why do they have to kill him? So there's different understandings. Could be they were worried that Shev Bechri would try to turn Yev against them, or somehow Shev and Bichri put them in danger, or if they handed him over, that wouldn't be enough, so they killed him, and that way they knew that Yoyev would just end everything right there. Now, the Marikara brings something over here, and it's, it's brought by a number, I just saw that he, he's on the page, who brings it. Fascinating. He says that she came with a major chachma to the people. What was her chachma? She told them as follows. She said... And she learned from Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu negotiated with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. We started, maybe there's Hamishim Sadiq, and that didn't went down. So what did she do? She did the same thing. She, she knew that the people in Abel, right, Beis Macha, they were obviously somewhat sympathetic to Sheva and Bechri's claims. So she can't just right away come and have them, you know, kill Sheva and Bechri. So instead, she tells the people, okay, I'm, I'm going to go speak to you. We'll see if I can maybe save the city. She comes back, she tells them, Okay, he's willing to save the city, but 100 people, he says. You've got to hand over 100, 100 people he's going to put to death to make an example of the city. It's Mary Malchus. And you can imagine uh, that this, there's an uproar. Some people saying, yes, listen, we've got to do it. Other people saying, well, we kill 100 people, which 100 people? And then she says, you know what? Okay, well, let me go back to you. Maybe I can, I, can, I can lower his terms. So she goes back to the wall. She pretends to speak to Yoyev some more. She comes back. Okay, Yoyev's willing to go down to 50. Again, okay, so, oh yeah, we got to take, that's a great offer, let's take it. Oh, oh. And she goes back again, gets down to 10. Finally, she comes back, she won the negotiation, he's willing only Shev Ben Bichri, he's not demanding anybody else. Everyone's so happy, they said, okay, great, let's just get rid of Shev Ben Bichri, we're all saved. And Taka, that was a tremendous chachma that she convinced him to let, uh, to save the city. So this is the chachma of could be Serech Bas Asher, right? Rashi says, was Medrash HaGadu, Serech Bas Asher, and she said that, Am Shleimi Emuna Yisrael, she wasn't just referring to the fact that we're loyal to the king. What is Shleimi? Ani Hishlamti Ne'mon Le'ne'mon. I'm already someone who, many, many years, I'm, 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 I'm doing Emuna for Klai Yisrael, right? Al Yodai Nigla Arani Shal Yosef and Moshe, I'm the one who showed Moshe where Yosef's Aaron was. Ani Egad to Yaakov Ki Yosef. I'm the one who told Yaakov that Yosef is alive. 
And the Radak also brings this medrash. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I've made you yichas over you got to listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm someone all of Kalis, you're also a chorus to You can't just wipe me out. Okay. <laughs> now, the very interesting Yishalmi that we want to discuss over here on this uh, Tesefta. So Yishalmi brings this Tesefta as follows. <clears throat> if you have a group of people, Goyim come over to them. Unfortunately, this is something that happened during the Holocaust. This was Negeh Halach Lamaisa, and this has been discussed in terms of the Shaila. Very interesting Shaila. Sad Shaila is, you know, we know in 9 11 that the plane was headed for the Twin Towers to destroy it, and they knew what was going on by the time he got there after the second plane. So the question is, well, are you allowed to shoot it down? So we know the President Bush did give the order to shoot down the plane, never ended up actually shooting anyone down. The question is, halachically, can you shoot down the plane to save a lot, save a lot of people? So first class, of course, you know, they, everyone's going to die. Might as well save people, but it's not so poshif. We don't have a right to kill one person to save someone else's life, even if everyone's going to die. Or maybe you do. So the Gemara says, Goyim come over to a group of people. You can imagine during the Holocaust. So listen, we're going to make an example. Hand over one guy to kill. If not, we're going to kill all of you. So what's the halacha? So they just say, listen, you got to hand over one guy as a carbon. You, you, what right do you have to pick somebody? You have to, everyone has to get killed, even though logically you save everybody. No, you have no right to choose, to pick and choose. If the goyim say we want one specific fellow. Right? They, they, they suspect, there's a certain guy they don't want. They say, listen, I don't know where that guy's hiding. Either you know, they tell Chasashol, you know, they told, they told the, 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 the head of the, head, the Yudenrat, the head of the, the, the ghetto, either you hand over a certain person that we want, or we're killing out the whole ghetto. If they do what they did with Sheven Ben Bichri, so if they're asking for a specific person, then you're allowed to hand him over. Rabbi Yehuda says that's only if there's no, everyone's going to die. If that person's really safe, he has his good bunker, he's safe, and everyone else is going to die, they have no right to hand him over. Only everyone's going to die, but, but you have no right to hand him over. And he brings the Isha came with Chachma, and she said, Everyone's getting killed anyway, we have a right to hand him over. Shimon says, No, it was more than that. She added that he's anyway. Now, the Yushalmi brings the Machlaikis how to understand this. Tony, even if he's stam, they singled out one person stam. So we have machlekes had a paskin over here. Machlekes from Yechon Reish When you have a group of people and the goyim demand one specific person, otherwise they can kill everybody. So we all agree that it has to be that person is also going to get killed anyway. Afal Pikain Reish says you could only hand him over if he's chayiv misa, which, for example, in the case of the Nazis, he wouldn't have been, or in the case of 9/11, they weren't. 
Rabbi Yechelen says that, no, even if he's not Chayv Misa. The Chaznish explains what's in the Kudus HaMachlaikis. The Kudus HaMachlaikis is that the head that he kill him is that he's a Raidif. The question is, how does he become a Raidif? Rabbi Yechelen holds simply by the fact that the guy, for whatever reason, wants specifically this person. And he's going to die anyway. And if you're not going to kill, hand him over, everyone's going to die. He's considered a Raidif. Rish holds, no. If he did nothing wrong, he's not a right. If he's only a right, if if he taka did something to bring this whole thing on his head, how do we pass him alocha? <coughs> so the mechaber, the reshes of paskins, like the Rambam paskins, mechumra like reshlakish. The Ramah brings both opinions. He does not. He doesn't uh, paskin between them. So we're left with a shikel of a sophic. What taka would be the halacha in such a case? Could you hand over the person if he didn't do anything wrong? Could you kill him? Now, there is maybe other Suarez and 9-11 type of scenario to say it would be different, but I think we're, we went long enough, so we'll stop over here. Be'ez Hashem, we'll see the continuation of the story. Be'ez Hashem next week. Shkech.